0: You have a copy of God's Word. Join me this morning. We're going to continue our study in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Um, I think this song kind of was right on pace for our message here for today. Um, sometimes we forget who we are in God, how we've been chosen, how we've been set free. And so I pray that this message today be encouraging to you. I know all of us is. Been through a lot this past week, and um, and continue dealing with things this morning. What better way to settle these things than, than to go to God's word? So, join me in God's word in Romans chapter eight. Uh, we're going to be looking at one verse this morning, not even the whole verse. Uh, we're just going to look at verse one in Romans chapter eight. It tells us in verse one there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Again, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me pray for us and ask the Lord to help us at this time. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you again for allowing us to come back on this Lord's day, Lord, to to meet you, Lord, to see your face, Lord, through your word. So, Lord, we ask you to bless our side this time, Lord. For the lowly soul, Lord, your word, Lord, is what we need. To the soul that is not content, your word is what we need. Lord, to that soul, Lord, that is mine, Lord, doesn't know what tomorrow may bring, your word is what we need. So, Lord, we ask you to give us your word at this time, that our hearts and our mind, Lord, be attentive to your word, that your word find fall on, on, on fertile ground. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to enrich us in your word, Lord, and, and not have to know what everybody's dealing with this morning. But, Lord, we know one thing, Lord, your word gives life. And, Lord, so we need life this morning. So we ask you, Lord, to give us your word. And let everything I say, Lord, be for your glory, your glory alone. In Christ let me pray. Amen. Amen. Last week I talked about the struggle is real. And I dealt with how the struggle is difficult in the life. And this week right here is going to be more of an answer to the struggling life of the Christian. How do we respond to when times are so difficult and so hard for us? I remember um, um, I, every now and then I like to think back and reminisce of my childhood or through experiences, different things in life. One thing I look back at, I remember, uh, it was the school that I went to on the west side of town. I don't know if y'all ever heard of it, Pinecrest. Anybody ever heard of Pinecrest? Before some of y'all time now. I went to Pinecrest Elementary um school I, I grew up i remember growing up on this side of town the west shore third um i remember driving my first car was a honda accord uh i thought i was everything like a 1990 honda Accord. it had some chrome rims on it and all that good stuff y'all couldn't tell me nothing I Had my a little boost on i mean uh, some other folks home and um, just, I like to just memorize, like, mem- bring back the memories, of, like old stories, old things that happened. But that car I used to drive, it's, it's no longer. It's somewhere, probably scrap metal now. The house that I grew up in on West Third, um, it burned down. Uh, the school I went to, Pinecrest, it's it's tore down. I remember back hanging out with my grandmother, my great grandmother, my grandfather. You know, growing up, go over there. I used to get away with everything with them. My mom said I can't handle candy, I went to grandma's house. They give me everything. I can't go there anymore, right? My grandma and grandfather's passed away. So as I try to bring back to memories at times, I come to realize that nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. One day, one Lord's day, Lord's willing, my kids will be older. And I'll be getting older. They'll be older and I'll be getting older. And I'll be the old man. Time is ticking. Things don't stay the same forever. Some of y'all have worked their jobs. They thought you're going to be there forever. Time is changing. now you're doing something else. You, or you are uh, thinking about doing something else. Every year in factories, motors have been calibrated and equipment have to be calibrated with different factories and warehouses. Even that motor, they have put so much money into building this $250,000 motor or even say a jet engine motor for an airplane. If that engine parts is not replaced frequently, if the oil is not checked, eventually that motor is going to break down. But one thing about it is that regardless, that motor will have to be replaced one day. So you have yourself asking now. I hope I have you guys thinking now about life, how short life is and how nothing lasts forever. I want to encourage us that it is something that do last forever, though. Peter helps us see this in 1 Peter 1.23. Since you have been born again, for those that are in Christ, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So what lasts? is the greatest news ever that lasts. That Jesus died for sinners and they will be with him forever. Nothing can snatch them out of his hands. Peter is getting at this, even in Peter's text. How gold is purified in fire as Christians go through trials and go through troubles that God will never forsake you. So everything fades away around us. But God's word is forever true. One person said this about Romans 8, 1 in our text today. The joyful proclamation of no condemnation in our text rests on our incorporation into Christ and the benefits of his death. This central point of all of chapters five through eight that Paul here restates in light of the believer's new relationship with sin and the law, that family. One thing about being married to Christ, nothing will cast us away from him. There's no condemnation, no condemnation for those that are in Christ. This comes about because the greatest news ever in His Word, He tells us that His Word lasts forever. Family, we will last forever in Christ. But that being said, we're gonna do it in two points. The law can't condemn believers. Y'all say it with me. The law can't condemn believers. And second point is going to be, the law can't separate us from Christ. And I pray that this these words this morning resonate with you and what you're dealing with right now and what you're thinking about right now of all the heartaches and all the things you're battling right now, it's some good news. It's some good news in the midst of so much tragic news. Point number one, the law can't condemn believers. There is therefore no condemnation for, for those that are in Christ Jesus. A lot of translations start this verse off with either theirs or therefore. The word combination is the consequence of not meeting God's standard. The particular type of combination is God eternal wrath. This helps us stay connected to the previous chapter what God would say at the end of chapter 7. Paul is considering his same thoughts here about the assurance in Christ. That's what he's been getting at all the way from chapter 2 and chapter 3. I mean chapter 3 and chapter 4 about our assurance. That nothing can take us away from Christ, that we are assured in Christ. It's not heavily talking about sanctification. About how the believer is going to back and forth life for the believer. It's, it's used as an example to talk about assurance. No matter how back and forth our life is, that doesn't change the fact that once Christ saves us, he would not let us go. Amen. So that's what he's getting at in Romans 5. And Romans are rooted more into assurance. Because all of us in this room get doubtful. And we mess up and do the same things over and over again. You ask yourself the question, will God really forgive me again? Yes. And yes. And yes. And yes. That's what he does for his people. He forgives us every single day. So no matter how many times you go to him, he has abundance of grace that nothing can separate, nothing can can separate or condemn the Christian. Nothing Nothing, not even the law. The law try to tell you again, look at me. You broke this commandment. Look at me. You broke this commandment. The law try to tell the believer that. But not even the law, which is good, can condemn us as believers. The law does not bind on the Christian anymore. We love the law. We're thankful for the law. Because of the gospel, we are saved by the righteousness of Christ. Not by the works of the flesh, not by the works of the law. We are saved by Christ alone. So, Paul, for the last seven chapters, saying the same thing in different ways. You know how you tell your kids something? You gotta tell them again, you gotta tell them again in different ways. Then you finally tell them, start yelling at them, then, right? Then eventually, okay, yeah, yo, yo, mom and dad ain't playing. Let me get off this game and listen to him. But Paul is like this. He's saying the same thing over and over again. In different ways he said it. He said in chapter 3, he goes on to say how we're justified in Christ. Why are you saying we're justified? We're justified. The word justification is very similar to the word righteousness. We're justified in Christ. We're made right with Christ. We have been before the judge and we already been considered to be not guilty. Who can bring these charges on us? These charges are already paid for. The charges that Satan may say that we have, it's already been paid for by Christ. It's no new charges. Well, it don't matter what charges it is. All of them are paid for by Christ. <clears throat> so family, we wasn't just made right last week. We were made right forever. So some Jews were thinking, so if we made right, they mean the law is not a value then. That's not what Paul is getting at. Even though we may write, the law still is of value. The law is a value to show the unbelievers that stay before the Lord. But for the believers, they don't see the value in the law. They see the value in Christ. Did y'all get that? The law is of value to show the unbelievers that stay before the Lord. But for the believers, they don't see the value in the law, they see the value in Christ. Let me make it plain, for example. I love our church riding lawnmower. Sometimes y'all might see me out here, I'm just riding a lawn lawnmower and I forget I'm, I'm about to be cutting grass and I'm hitting donuts in the parking lot. But I love to ride lawnmower because I need my grass cut. I would just, I would just hop on a ride lawnmower and I'd go around the church and i cut the church grass. That's what I needed for but yesterday I went to Little Rock. I didn't jump on the Ron lawnmower to drive to Little Rock. Because I didn't need it for that. I didn't need the Ron lawnmower to drive to the round lawnmower to Little Rock yesterday. So does it mean I don't need the lawnmower anymore? No. I like the lawnmower. But the lawnmower is not needed for me to drive back and forth to Little Rock In, But I still like the lawnmower. The lawnmower is good and it benefits me when I need to cut the grass. So the rod lawnmower is still a value for cutting grass, but it's not a value to drive to Little Rock. So the same way in the law. The law is good, but we don't need it for salvation nor condemnation for the believer. We needed it to show us as unbelievers our sin before a righteous holy God. So we like the law, and the law did what it needed to do to show us that we needed a savior to put our faith in Jesus, but we don't have to continue in a way of needing the law to show our unworthiness. We have Jesus. We have Jesus now that shows us our worthiness. That we are worthy now before Him because He has made us worthy. So Paul is not downplaying the law, but he said now the law is not of purpose for the believer. Again, we love the law. Law is always going to be forever binding as part of God's nature, and as we do loving each other and do these things, we fulfill the law. So the law is still good for the believers. So I don't want to say that. The law is still good. The law still shows us who God is daily. The law cannot save us. That's why Paul shared with us several times the things that the law can't do. In Romans 4, 5 we talked about this. Instead the one who does not work, but believes in him who is justified. The ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness. So again, not the law, not words, we're justified by Christ, by faith. By faith is counted as righteous. Paul confirms even Abraham was saved by faith, not the law. Romans 5, 5, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Our peace didn't come from the law; it came from God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the law can't save us, but Jesus can. Romans five seventeen. Owing many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more with those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Again, Paul lets us know that one is justified apart from the law. Condemnation was for those who are bound to the law. But for those who are bound to Christ, family is no condemnation in us. So Paul wanted to drill this in into these Jewish and Gentile Christians that were trying to still consider the law to be saved. And he encouraged them is that Christ has already saved us. Don't try to go back to the law to be saved. By recognizing that we aren't saved by the law and that we are justified by Christ, we can find comfort now. We can't work ourselves out of this now. It was a gift given to us that we didn't do anything to receive. He gave it to us freely. So family, we don't have to worry that when God gave us this gift of justification and and sanctification and righteousness and everything we get by being in Christ, family, condemnation is not in our conversation vocabulary anymore for us believers. And Paul confessed this last week and also right now, he said this right here, thanks, he gave thanks to Jesus because even though the law showed how he fell and fell short, but the inner spirit showed that we are in Christ. The battle of the flesh and the spirit is daily. The more we want to honor the Lord with our life, the flesh want to dishonor the Lord. It's a battle every day. Y'all under Adam says it. She quotes it from scripture, the battle. It's not yours, but the Lord's. Some even come to the conclusion with this now. I might not even be a Christian. I might not even be saved. I struggle with the same things over and over again. I said I wasn't going to cuss somebody out again. I customize somebody out again, right? I said I wasn't going to do this again. I do this again. How do I continue doing the same things over and over? A lot of times when people do the same things over and over, they come to this conclusion of saying that, is the spirit of God really in me? Am I really converted? Am I really a believer? If you're asking that question this morning and you see yourself messing up, you see yourself wanting to do things that's not of God's word at times, if that's you this morning, family, you can relate more to the book of Romans than other people. This is what's going on in the book of Romans. And Paul is addressing this. People that are fragile and weak Paul gives them the script that they need. Doubtful people that are struggling with anxiety and depression, that's who he's writing this letter to. So for those in this room feeling like nobody relates to you, everybody think you're different? Or everybody think that you don't have it all together, or whatever the case they might think about you, family, it's a lot more people just like you. And Paul is writing to some of those people right now in this book of Romans. He'll write to encourage them that I know y'all are struggling, but never forget this fact. You won't lose your salvation if you're in Christ. Whoever Christ is saved, he's going to keep you. I'm going to talk more about this here shortly in point number two. But let me say something else here. For those that can can relate to the struggle of the flesh saying, do this, the spirit say, no, that's not right. I shouldn't do this. The flesh say, do this. How in the world am I saved? I keep going back to these things. And you probably can even consider verses like 1 John 3, 6. No one who abides in him keep on sinning. No one who keep on sinning has either seen or known him. So Paul knows some Christians will see themselves as failures after reading some of this Romans. Am I a believer i am not a believer? But Paul knows that, hey, he has the right word for them. For those that feel like they're fake, they feel like they're not real, he has a word for them. Point number two as we get ready to finish up after we just mentioned and established that the law can't condemn us, which is the law cannot put us before God to experience his wrath forevermore and punish us in eternal hell. The law can't do that for believers. We're in heaven. We we, We are, our citizenship is in heaven for believers. The second thing we're looking at is that the law can't separate us from Christ. The law can't separate us. For those that are in Christ Jesus, yes, we face God's wrath. But this is not what this test is getting at. It's not talking about judgment. and It is focusing on judgment on the people. It's talking about comforting the believers here. Paul is focused on here on the ones that are in Christ. So wrath and judgment is not the focus here. The focus here is that the believer is not destined for God eternal wrath. Because they are in Christ. The law doesn't do to us as what it does to unbeliever. Dr. Marlon Jones says this: You may and you should feel ashamed, but you should not feel condemnation, because to do because to do so is to put yourself back under the law. If we are in the position in Christ, we are there forever. There is no condemnation, past, present, and forever. Let me say it again. You may, and you should feel ashamed when you sin, but you should not feel condemnation because to do so is to put yourself back under the law. If you were, or if you, if we are in this position in Christ, we are there forever. There's no condemnation path, present, or future. Also, being in Christ is abiding in Christ. For those that are trusting in Christ, and not the good works and bad works. That trusting in Christ alone. We are abiding in Christ. Again, we don't put ourselves back under the law. John 15, four, five. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Our works come from us being abiding in Jesus. He get the credit for all the things. John 8:31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who have believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Family, you are in Christ. You get everything in Christ. You are eternally secure in Christ. He would never cast you out. Let me give a couple of verses to encourage you all. John 10, 27, 29. For those that are in Christ, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they should never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. It said, no man. No man can pluck you out of the Father's hands. For those in Christ, you're secured in Christ. No matter what may come your way, you're secured in Christ. No one, not even the devil, can take you away from Christ. John 6, 37. All that the Father gives to me shall come to me. And him that comes to me, I would no wise cast out. Did he give any all the reasons? It a, all those come to me, they, will, they come to me, I wouldn't know why I was cast out. As you come to Jesus, nothing can you do, you can't do nothing. Even though the time your flesh do not want Jesus. You can never separate yourself from Jesus because you are bonded to him because of what Christ has done by his spirit. John 5, 24, very I say unto you, he that hears my voice and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. <laughs> you believe in Jesus, everlasting life. It's that simple. You believe in Jesus, everlasting life. It didn't say somewhat life, it said everlasting life. Family, everlasting. Last time I checked was forever. Amen. Everlasting life. And should not come into condemnation but it's passing from death into life. Nothing can do it. All them self-righteous folks can't do it. All the people that at church every single Sunday that's on the front row, whatever the case may be, they can't do it. But Christ can. Romans 8, 39. We'll talk about this in a couple weeks. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can fill the blank in: Pornography, anger, jealousy, hypocrisy, fill those blanks in. It says that nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what blanks that you need to fill in that morning, this morning, you're feeling like you are separated from Christ. You feel like you're just not real. Nothing can separate you from Christ. Don't believe that lie of the flesh. That try to tell you that you are separated from him. You're forever. bonded in Christ. In Jude 24. That we read when we started. Now to him. That is able to keep you from falling. To present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory. With a seemingly joy. Again. He's able to keep us. This morning in Sunday school, he talks about all throughout the Old Testament. God promised him gonna keep those Israelites. And how did He keep them? He split a red sea and they walked on dry ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see the story of Abraham and Sarah. God said he's gonna keep them, and they gave birth. To a child named Isaac. Look at the story when actual when David facing up the Goliath and the Philistines. God's gonna keep him; he kept him. And you look back at all those stories right there I just mentioned. At times when they're going through the trials, they felt the same way you felt. When you faced before the actual Pharaoh and his chariots. You face before all of these things, they got fearful, they got afraid of the chariots, and God said, I am coming to rescue you. David them before the Philistines, and they was all afraid. Then God raised up David to be before them with being courageous. Family in the Old Testament didn't look pretty. They were afraid, but God always came through and provided for them at the right time. Amen. So, family, we try to create this fantasy Christian life that we're not going to spend trials. We try to spend this fantasy Christian life that trials won't come our way. Family, we still have our flesh on us and trials will come. But one thing we know that it will be a time our God will come as well. So, trials are coming, but our God is coming as well. So, look back at those things you've been through the last couple of weeks and months and years. <laughs> A lot of them are still not, a lot of those things you've been through, they faded away. They faded away. Some of the things you might even go through right now. It might be difficult right now, but God will never leave you. He would never forsake you. Because once you came into Christ, there was everlasting life at that moment for you. So Christ is with you forever. (coughs) So Paul lets them know that there is no condemnation, but there's eternal security for the believer. There's no condemnation, but there's assurance. There's no condemnation, but there's grace. There's no condemnation, but there's mercy. There's no condemnation because of this. Because of this, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no schemes of man. No power of hell, no schemes of man. One more time for the folks in the back. No power of hell, no schemes of man. Can ever pluck me from his hands. Till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. Family, we stand on Christ. As we stand on Christ. Trials gonna come and go. But one thing we know for sure. That Christ will never leave us. He will never forsake us. A couple of applications as we end here. If you struggle with questioning if you're a believer or not. always ask yourself these questions am i basing my salvation on me not meeting demands of the law that's the first question or am i basing my salvation on christ meeting demands of the law two questions again for those that are struggling you feel like i don't know if i get it all together i don't know if i'm gonna believe it today i don't know if i'm believing tomorrow He's back and forth remember these two questions you can write them down am i basing my salvation or me not meeting the demands of the law, or my base of my salvation on Christ meeting the demands of the law for me. Second thing you would do things that God is not happy about, but it's not condemnation for you, it is grace and mercy that flows even in your failures. Remember this you're going to do things that doesn't make God happy at times. But it's not condemnation for the believer. When we mess up, he gives us more grace. When we mess up, he gives us more mercy. When we mess up, he gives us more and more and more. Cherish this. Don't don't look around. Everybody cherish. Don't look around. Cherish this. Cherish this. Cherish this. And the last thing here. For those that are trusting in things in this world, there's not a Christ. Turn to Christ today. He's the only hope. For those who turn to him, there's assurance. But anything you put your life into this world is going to fade away. And I mentioned to you all, my childhood home is, is, is demolished. One of my childhood schools I went to was demolished. The car I had was demolished. Everything is passing away. These fleshly bodies will be passing away one day. So what are you trusting in today for those that are not trusting in Christ? You trusting these things that's not going to last forever? Is it worth the rest of your eternity to trust in those things? If you choose those things, you're going to have to stick with the decision for the rest of your life, even for eternity and eternal judgment. But if you turn to Jesus, even today, today is a day of salvation. You turn to Jesus and you find your rest in Jesus. Everything else passes, but what you have in Christ is for, forever and forever, and forever. Amen. Let me pray for us before we do.